All right. Um, Couple, uh, couple updates. Uh, first off, uh, injury reports. Um, we continue to get positive news on Deion Smith, um, all, all leading towards um, a very likely return. Um, and obviously, we'll see when that is. But um, very, very different, um, you know, news and more positive news than even I expected uh, after the game. So, um, really happy for Deion. He's doing really well. Um, you know, Owen was able to to suit up and, and practice in a limited manner today. Um, you know, that'll ultimately be a, a game time decision. Uh, we feel really good about the situation we have at quarterback um, and, and really how it played out in the game was encouraging. Um, you know, uh, Owen was dinged up, um, you know, even at, even at practice day, you know, there's, there's a reason why we made, uh, we made the move. He was, he was banged up and, you know, that carried over a little bit into Tuesday, but um, he was able to be out of practice, um, you know, take some limited reps. And uh, the way it worked out in the game, it was, it was awesome to see JT's um, confidence um, for him to go in there and help us win a football game um, and start, you know, really finish the work that Owen had started and then, um, you know, really see the confidence of his teammates uh, in him. So I think we're in a good position there at quarterback. Um, and what we've said all along is, is uh, you know, whatever it takes for us to win football games, we're going to do. Um, another update, uh, Bren, Brennan Lewis um, entered the transfer portal. This isn't a surprise. Um, we've had ongoing conversations for, for really weeks, um, myself and, and, and he, um, throughout the course of the last, really last three, four, five weeks. Um, you know, I, I wish him the best. Uh, I, I've said from the beginning since, since I got here and, and really since I've been able to take over this role and this responsibility that well, I'm always going to look out for the, the best of the, of the player, of the individual. I have a tremendous relationship with B. Lou. Um, I care greatly about him, uh, even in his decision. Um, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to, to lend, uh, you know, a helping hand with regards to, you know, the relationships I have in the industry. Um, at the end of the day, I think B. Lou needed a fresh start. Um, and certainly there are times in every player's career, every coach's career, um, and obviously even in, pro in programs histories where you need a fresh start. And, um, and I wish him without question the best. Um, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, in his corner and always will be and uh, have a tremendous relationship with B. Lou and uh, our team wishes him well. Um, with that, we'll open up for questions. Coach, um, typically you were upstairs watching the game. So um, if you could, what was it like being on the field and how did that, uh, that perspective change um, influence what you saw in the game and what you wanted to do in the game? That's a that's a really good question, and, and there's a couple things that that uh, were, were really fun for me. Um, I, I was talking to my dad. My dad was at the game. Um, he coached in a game on Friday night. Um, it was uh, in Las Vegas, and then got on like he was up at like 3 a.m. Graded the film, uh, got on a flight, and came here for the noon kickoff. My mom and dad were here. My dad was on the sideline, but um, you know I was talking to him, and even before the game, I, I was just excited to get back down on the sideline. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I think NCAA put some rules in place about uh, young people under the age of 18 being on, on college football sidelines um, recently, but that was, I predated that, and, and I, I figured out that I've been on the sidelines since I was nine years old. Um, you know, my first job assignment as a, a you know, being on a sideline was I, um, I carried uh, John Robinson's cords. Uh, it went back in the day of, uh, of, of holding headsets and having the cords before everything was uh, wireless. Um, and I, I just, I love the... I love the interaction. I love the energy. Um, I love the, the interaction with the crowd. Um, and for me, I think the greatest benefit for me, and I've, there's been times where, um, you know, I haven't, when I haven't been able to be on the field, you can't look a quarterback in the eyes. And I, I always say that to, to be a, 
to me, to be a really, uh, a really good quarterback coach, you have to have played that position or groomed that position your entire life. Because there's a look in the eyes of a quarterback. You know, you can tell when you know when things are really good, and there's a time when you, you know somebody's banged up, and they're going. You know, Owen's the kind of guy that was going to bang. He was going to he was going to rally through whatever. Um, but I wanted to put our football team and even Owen in the best position to be successful. So it's it's the first time in a while for me where. I've been in, in a, you know, on the sidelines and been able to look in the eyes of the quarterback and see um, both look in the eyes of Owen, seeing where he was at, and then looking in the eyes of uh, JT. Um, and it, it was, it was, what really impressed me about JT, um, you know, their relationship is so close. They have great synergy, Owen and JT. They've grown so much, and really, Owen uh, has really been mentored by JT starting back in June when he showed up, um, you know, with the playbook and in and, and the growth of the offense when the coaches, were, you know, were on vacation in July. Um, but what was, was awesome is to see JT, he had his helmet, he was, he was standing straight up and he's ready to roll. Um, and and I, I could look in his eyes and say that um, at this point in time with Owen being uh, dinged up, JT was ready to go lead us to a victory. Um, and those are the things that you can't see when you're up in the box. You know, you can ask people and, you know, hey, well, how, does, how does Owen look? Oh, he looks okay. You know, everybody, it's always the same answer, right? Um, but for me to be able to be down there and, and be the voice with the quarterbacks on the sideline um, to make decisions relative to the position, I think it's a benefit. Um, having played the position, lived the position, coached the position for my, most of my adult life. Two part uh, quarterback question, but uh, JT obviously had a couple of rough starts. Mm-hmm. Played well against TCU, a couple of rough starts. Um, how badly do you think he needed that for his confidence to play like he did on Saturday? Um, you know, especially going forward. But then also Drew Carter now uh, with Brendan uh, leaving, maybe gets elevated to that third spot. What's his development and how comfortable are you with him at this point? Yeah, um, you know, JT was was really impressed with just you know just his intentionality going into the game. Um, yeah, I think some of some JT's rough starts have been from almost. Um, almost uh, an, an overdriven, over-intensity mentality. Um, and I just like the headspace he's been in. He's been in a, a workmanlike, focused, um, you know, and, and confident. But, but I think there's been a, a calm to him recently. Uh, and I think that's part of growth. Um, there's, there's growth that comes with, you know, uh, starting, you know, and maybe not playing as well he's, as he wanted. But I think that his demeanor was much better uh, going into this game. Uh, and, and I could see that in his preparation. You know, this, the preparation of, of the reps that he wasn't given in practice, he was taking them mentally. And uh, I think that that's paying dividends for him. Um, I think his, his teammates believe in him. They always have. But now there's some tangible evidence uh, to back up, you know, just what he can be. Um, and so I think, I think we have two quarterbacks uh, right now that, can, that have proven that they can put us in a position to win football games. Um, you know, really, Drew Carter, he's had that same type of mentality um, with regards to his preparation. You know, Drew's um, asked me almost, I, I would say almost daily, comes up to me afterwards and not in, a, not in an arrogant way, not in a disrespectful way, but just says, Coach, I'm ready. What can I do? I'll do anything. And that right there is exactly what we're looking for is, um, you know, when, when we have a, a six-game stretch coming up, um, we have different skill sets that we can utilize a different um, from different quarterbacks. Um, you know, Drew, uh, he's going back home to Oregon, right? This is his home state. Um, he's going to be ready to play. Um, you know, and then Maddox Kopp and, and Colton Allen. Uh, those, are, those are two players uh, that, that also have shown in these, in these Sunday and Friday scrimmages. Now we're giving the developmental squad, the Ralphie Bull, two opportunities a week to, to develop. And I think he couldn't come at a better time, you know, even this past Sunday. Um, you know, it was, it was Maddox, it was Drew, um, you know, it was Colton. 
And then we're going to actually add a period tomorrow where it's going to be kind of a, a two-on-two, two offense, two defense, good on good, move the ball, um, and really allow you know those three quarterbacks to, to move the football and just see the operational piece um, within the base offense. So um, we, we're going to have uh, what we need to have in place to, to make sure that we have uh, you know that we have three, four quarterbacks ready, and they've been locked in since since we started. So I feel I feel really good about their readiness. I like uh, you've obviously tweaked a few things with the way you practice. You mentioned the Ralphie Bowl there. But this being your first road trip as a head coach here, is there anything you're going to change differently going out there to Oregon? Yeah, my, my wheels were churning on that exact. Uh, yeah, I went, I went to bed on Saturday night. Um, couldn't fall asleep probably about till about 3. There was a little bit of adrenaline pumping through the veins. Hadn't been like that in a minute. Kind of reminded me uh, post-Fiesta Bowl in 2014. I, I couldn't go to sleep that night. Um, but then uh, – once I got a good night's sleep on Sunday night, I woke up about 4.30 on Monday uh, morning and all of a sudden just it re- just shifted my mind towards what can we do to prepare our players, you know, physically and emotionally and, and mentally better uh, on the road. And um, we have an entire plan in place. It's, a, it's you know, we're going to tell the players about it on Thursday and Friday. Um, but it's it's really all about getting their, um, their bodies, their minds in a great spot to go perform at a high level and um, be able to intermix some, you know, some different movement uh, when we get when we land on the tarmac, um, you know, get some get some pool workouts on Friday night. Um, just light, you know, get the hips activated. Um, take a team walk in the morning to get some circadian rhythms going, and, and make sure we see the we see the sun first thing in the morning, or maybe some uh, some clouds and rain. Um, but uh, you know, and then the other thing too is just uh, wet ball drill. You know, we're anticipating playing in a wet game. Uh, anytime you go to Corvallis, it could be sunny and 75 on the on the radar, um, even the day of, and all of a sudden here comes the here comes that 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 mist that that ends up turning into rain. So we're preparing for every element. Um, but we got to still bring, uh, you know, our, our energy, our focus, um, and our execution has to elevate. Um, like I said on Sunday, I believe, is that, you know, I felt like uh, defensively, you know, we, we executed with unbelievable energy and, and emotion. Um, and, and I think the execution was, was very good. Uh, offensively, I think our, our energy and, and emotions went through the roof. The execution took a slight step back, so that, that's what this week's been about. Um, and today was a really good day execution-wise from an offense perspective. I think it was, I, I really believe it was our best offensive practice, um, you know, in the, in, in the time that I've been here, just in terms of the focus, the mentality, um, and saw a lot of growth today. Mike, uh, going back to uh, you talking about your background and how long you've been on sidelines, uh, football games, and obviously your, your dad's background, coaching, what you always uh, wanted to get into, was there ever a time in college? Uh, Maybe another profession in mind. Or was this always what you wanted to do? You know, it, it was it was it was interesting. I, I didn't want to be a coach. Uh, probably in my middle school, high school kind of era. Um, you know, I, I was growing up in Southern California. You know, kind of grew up in the um, got got into the skateboard scene a little bit, surfing scene. Um, you know, I was a little anti-establishment for a minute. Um, and uh, you know, my my dad just kept loving me and let me be me, and I appreciated that. Um, went through those kind of that, that time where I was still on. I still look forward to game day. Stopped going to practices as much as I used to, and then I, I really started to fall in love with the game of football. I didn't play football myself until my freshman year of high school. My dad um, really didn't want me to. I was I was tall, skinny. I was about six three, 150 pounds as a sophomore in high school. Um, so I had a lot of uh, development to do. Um, but I, where I really started to fall in love with um, not just football, but also the coaching profession. Uh, was when I was mentored as my position coach by Chris Peterson um, when I was a player at Boise State. Um, you know, I had that same relationship with my father. I saw the impact he had on players. 
but then for me to, to be impacted by Chris Peterson, not just as a, not just as a, as a player, um, but as a, as a young man, um, he really cared about the players in, in a deep way. Um, and I saw what it's supposed to look like uh, as a player in college. Um, you know, and I knew my dad had, had done that for years, but I hadn't had a chance to experience it firsthand. Um, and then I also saw the strategic part of the game, you know, all the, all the you know, more of the chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Um, and, I, and I respected uh, Chris Peterson a whole heck of a lot, and he had a lot, a lot of impact on me um, as I went through some adversity in my own career, wanting to start games, never really having the opportunity to start um, and going into my fifth year in a quarterback competition, um, eventually losing that job truly on, on the week of the game day of the opening game um, to Jared Zabransky, who ended up um, really living in you know, college football history a couple years later in the Fiesta Bowl against uh, Oklahoma. Um, but I looked at that. My fifth year at Boise State was my first year as a coach. Um, I was on the sideline. I, I took... Um, I took the responsibility, and Coach Pete gave me that responsibility of every time that, that Zabransky came off the sideline, I was immediately giving the feedback that I was hearing on the headsets. I was the signaler. I was the sideline quarterback coach. And then once I was done and my eligibility was done, before I got my first GA job at UNLV working for my dad, um, I was actually in, you know, doing spring practice helping Coach Pete coach the quarterbacks. Um, you know, so I, I owe a lot to Coach Pete, um, the impact that he had on me, and that's what – I continue to hope that I have that same impact on players that I have a chance to coach. Coach uh, Michael Clark, is again Radio Denver. Good to meet you. Um, Good to meet you. Brandon Lewis. Brandon Lewis. Uh, was there any talk about him uh, being offered to play a different position? Yeah, I mean, we we didn't we didn't have that discussion. I, I believe Brandon Lewis is a quarterback. Um, you know, he he was a quarterback. He started the season off for us as a quarterback, and just by virtue of different reasons, you know. Um, you know, every season has its own its own life. It has its own journey. It has its own story. Um, I do believe B. Lou's a quarterback. Um, I think he's an, a, a quarterback that has, you know, very good athleticism. Um, but he is a quarterback, and that's what he wants to play. And, um, you know, and, and, and never would I ask somebody to do, you know, what they don't want to do, not because um, I don't want to ask them, but because I want that passion. You know, if we're going to move him to another position, I want somebody who's fully invested, fully committed to playing that position and fully bought in. So those those discussions never happened, but I know his passion and drive for the for the position of playing quarterback. Hey, Coach, curious about your thoughts on Oregon State. Offensively, the same pretty uh, balance there with the run the ball well. They also have some speed on the outside. Uh, just how do you think you guys match up against them defensively? And then your thoughts on Bill Branson, the quarterback? Yeah, you know, they're um, – you know they're good. They're good. They're a good football team, top to bottom. And they take they've taken a few teams to the wire. Um, obviously, not too long ago, taking SC to the wire. Um, you know, offensively, you know, I, I saw them early. You know, just as a as a spectator on TV, playing my alma mater, and you know, I was like, these guys are these guys are legit. Um, speed on the perimeter, um, good offensive line play, good backs. Uh, their quarterback at the time was playing at a extremely high level. Um, you know, it, it'd be interesting. We're, we're preparing for both quarterbacks. Um, they're not incredibly different. Um, the only thing that obviously you do see is uh, a higher tendency to run the football. That's they're going to be their, you know, who they're, what they're about, what they want to do. Um, they want to get into multiple tight end sets. I think they have some of the better tight ends in the, in the conference. Um, length, athleticism, um, you know, good blockers. 
you know, that's, it, they remind me of the Oregon State of my, of my college days. Um, you know, we played Oregon State multiple times when I was at Boise State. And then, you know, even when I was a uh, quality control coach at Stanford, um, this, this looks like that kind of the DNA of that Oregon State era from 2000 to 2008, 2009, um, which was, you know, really Mike Riley's, you know, fingerprints are all over this. Uh, Jonathan Smith was impacted greatly by Mike Riley. Mike Riley and my dad are very good friends, shared an office at USC. Um, so I can see a lot of the, you know, a lot of the pieces, the way they fit together, um, I think are very, uh, very similar to, to how they were built um, in that kind of early 2000. Um, and, uh, and then defensively, you got a lot of, tr I got a tremendous amount of respect for their defensive coordinator. He's, he's a personal friend of mine, um, got to know him. He's a, he's a, he's a son of a coach. Uh, his father's a legend, actually invented cover four. Um, a lot of people don't know that, but uh, his father invented cover four, which has uh, kind of been a big coverage over the last 30 years. Um, and, uh, he, you know, he's a, he's a really good coach. They have good personnel. Um, they play physical. They play tough. They don't give you a lot of gifts. You have to go earn everything you get. Um, so we got to execute. <laughs> That's the bottom line. we got to execute. Uh, it's a tall task. Um, we, we knew every week was going to be a tall task, but I believe in this, in this group of players. I believe in this group of coaches that are going to give us the best possible plan to go be successful, and the players are going to cut it loose and bring great energy. And uh, if our execution is, is, is where it needs to be, we're going to be in this football game. And, um, you know, the great thing now is that we've learned how to win a close game. Um, and that's what we have to do in this game is uh, execute, you know, start fast, to your point, Brian, um, and, uh, and take them into deep waters. It's obviously very rare for a true freshman to start at center. When did Van Wells start standing out to you as a guy that could help this football? First practice for me. Um, I, I saw him very early, and, and, you know, he wasn't a mid-year guy. He didn't come in January. You know, a lot of the true freshmen that started across the landscape of college football are all you know, guys that started in January and you feel like they, you know, by the time you get them developed January, February, March, all the way through the, the June time, they're, they're physically developed at the point that maybe a junior college player would be. Um, you know, but, but Van is one of those guys that I think just his athleticism, um, his love for playing the game, you see, like, when you watch him play, you can feel, like, his joy of the game of football. And um, he just gets better and better and better every week. Um, that's, that's a rare position to start at, at, as a true freshman. His communication's getting better. Um, you know, and I, and I think it's, it's been a, a really positive um, addition for our offense. And then it really frees up um, some more rotational at the guard position um, because I, I still feel very good about, you know, really the four interior kind of rotational t type players with their starters being Casey Roddick, Tommy Brown, but, you know, Noah Finsky and Austin Johnson are two um, just, just very game um, players. So I love the, the experience of starts that we have in our offensive line now um, going forward. I think it's a, it's a group that's getting better every week. Um, as I mentioned on Sunday night, um, Jake Wiley played great football on, Sun or on uh, Saturday. Um, he gets better and better. His confidence is growing. Um, and he's, uh, he's going to be a, I think he's going to be one of the great uh, CU Buff offensive linemen. Uh, office linemen. Um, so that group's uh, just trending in good direction, and Van's had a, hu a huge uh, reason, you know, big reason to be uh, part of that. Coach, we talked to Ben Finneset <coughs> today, excited, emotional about being named as a captain for Saturday. For you, how important is it for you to provide your players with those special moments and opportunities? Yeah, you know, we, we had had two offensive captains, two defensive captains. Um, we made that switch to add, you know, what I think is a game-changing part of our, of our program, that's special teams. Um, you know, we, we activated, so I don't know if everybody had a chance to see, but we activated some other, other players that, 
had really not been a part of what we've been doing. But I know for me, you know, I've been, uh, you know, looking at, you know, evaluating the scout team defense. And there was a group of players um, that I was like, these guys need to play somehow, some way for us. And so I, I talked to Chris Reinert about it. Um, I said, hey, you need to come up with an identity for this group because these guys are, you know, essentially our version of the 12th man. And he came up with the dog squad. So the, the dog squad's out there eating every time they make a play in the game and practice. You got guys barking on the sideline. Um, you know, Trey Ortega, um, Ben Finneseth, Austin Dahlke. Um, you know, that's, that's been a group that, that has been really fun to watch. Um, and they, they keep getting better as well. Um, Dante Capalungo, uh, we moved him to running back. Shoot, he looks really good. So those are guys that we know can contribute on special special teams. And, um, you know, I, I'm excited about the just when, when you have more people bought in and more people invested in what's going on on Saturdays, you know, you, you get better results in practice. You get better results in your process, your preparation. And ultimately, I believe it pays off the more invested team on, on game day. And that's what we saw. Sort of just answered my question right there, so I was going to ask you, what, you know, what getting all these guys involved does for the program. You kind of just answered that, so let me go with something different. Um, you mentioned the rain, you're preparing for that a little bit. Does the fact that you guys played a rain game in Air Force help you guys go into this one that guys now know what that's like and they kind of learn from what they did at Air Force or didn't do? Yeah, I think it helps. Um, you know, we're going to be a lot more proactive with uh, testing different gloves, um, no gloves, um, working through in all seven on seven periods, you know, throwing and catching a wet ball. Um, I do think that experience helps because it's not a it's not a shock to you, um, but really in the Pac-12, I mean, you know, with the with the four Northwest schools, you're you're pretty much anticipating you're going to play one or two rain games a year, um, and so I you know I think a lot of these players that have played, um, albeit we have a lot of freshmen that are touching football, um, you know, they played in rain games, and I do think having one in the last six weeks does help, um, you know, with with the experience at Air Force, we didn't handle the elements particularly well, I think. Um, you know, we started slowly as a result of the elements. Um, we're not going to allow that to ha happen. And, um, you know, we'll show up to game day and see, you know, sometimes it's, you know, more of a kind of a, a mist in the air. And you actually that's like a great tack to put on the football to throw the ball around a lot. So I never look at it as like change the entire game plan. Um, don't throw it at all because you're in Corvallis. I mean, we're going to go with it, go with the game plan. We're going to prepare uh, for those elements. And then we're going to let, you know, we're going to see what the weather is at, at that point in time and make the adjustments we need to. Coach, I'm curious about your thoughts on uh, Jack Coletto, number 12 in Oregon State, how he plays both ways. You just don't see many players like that. Mm -hmm. And in those situations when they're down by the goal line and you see him come in, it's like everyone in the stadium knows he's getting involved. You know he's getting the ball. How do you prepare for those situations? Yeah, I mean, it, it reminds me a little bit of Owen Marisic. Um, Owen Marisic was a player at Stanford. He was one of the one of the first true two-way players. Uh, he started at fullback and linebacker um, at Stanford when I was there. Um, and uh, you got to be wired differently to do that. There's not many humans on planet Earth that can do this in Power Five football. Um, obviously, a lot of respect for you know for number 12. Uh, you know the way he plays the game of football. Uh, if you're doing that, obviously it shows you're you know number one you love the game. Number two that you have a, a, a massively varied skill set. Number three you're an incredibly tough football player. Um, you know, th so they, they've developed an identity around him um, and giving him the football down there uh, and then seeing what he can do on defense. I mean, he's got different roles. Um, just, you know, he's a, he's a guy that you got to know where he's at. Um, you know, it does impact, you know, where things are going because I think he's a momentum shifter for that, for that program. Um, and uh, Owen Marisic was that. I think he was a, probably maybe the, the poster child for the transition that happened at Stanford, um, just the, the toughness, the mentality. Um, those kind of players you have to prepare for. All right, thanks, Coach. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. How are we doing? Yeah. How are you doing? Good. Uh, 
uh, we talked to Sam on Sunday. He said you you had one of your you know best games. What felt right about Saturday and overall? How would you assess your performance? Um, I thought. For me, every game, honestly, I just feel like I don't want to let everyone else on the team down. So I feel like, for me, my performance on Saturday was really playing for everyone else, playing, make sure I don't let my teammates down like that. So I think for me, what really pushed me the best to play my best was just having the pr uh, pride and knowing that I don't want to let my teammates down. This vice versa with them, too. So I think that's really helped me. And after the Air Force game, I didn't have one of my best games. And so I think after that, I kind of slid a fire under me to kind of get better and really lock in on uh, the task at hand, just keep being better in play. But, uh. you know, we had talked with some of your teammates after the game on Saturday. Um, you know, they're all very grateful um, you know, and very respectful coach, uh, of Coach Durrell. But I was curious, like, what, what happens as a player, especially coming off five straight losses, what changes when there's a new voice, you know, when there's someone new leading that program? Honestly, I think it's the change that people just kind of were looking for almost. Like Coach Durrell, he was here for as long as he was here, and he helped us grow in players that we became. And I just felt like I feel like this year we, we weren't playing how we should have been playing. And it's not just on Coach Durrell. It was on us too. So I feel like the own five-star was on everybody. It wasn't just on Durrell. But I feel like the change that we got, it helped. I think it helped people in the locker room, just around the team, just kind of create more energy and the will to not give up and just keep fighting through all the like all the hardship that we've been going through all all uh, season. So yeah. Hi Jake. Uh, obviously, you know how difficult it is coming from high school to this level. Have you been surprised at all with Van Wells and just his ability to pick things up as a true freshman? Oh yeah. I mean, in the summer, we saw it right away. I feel like Bam picked up everything like it was nothing. Like it was really easy for him. I thought it was impressive. Like personally, me coming out like my freshman or coming into college out of high school, I, it took me some time to learn college offense and learn how college worked. But I feel like uh, Van, he picked it up really well, and he and it showed. I feel like he shows every day in practice and on the field on game day like that. So I think Van really, he's he's gonna be a really good player, and it's it's, it's really fun to play with him too. Obviously, you play, you play a lot, but uh, there's a lot of guys now that are getting more opportunities. Um, some of the young freshmen and uh, guys are, you know, Ben Fennis being a captain last week, and uh, there's Ralphie Bowl, things like that. Mm -hmm. the coach talked about it, but in, in your opinion, how much does that help the team morale when a whole lot of guys get to be involved in some way? Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of guys come, a lot of the young guys especially, they come out of high school where they might be the best guy on their team. And then they come to they come to play Power Five, and everyone's really good. So you really, I feel like the Ralphie Bowl. That's one big thing that helps guys that may, may not be getting a lot of reps get in and play at practice, and like not always have to watch the older guys or guys that may be starting or anything like that play. It's like it's the sense of it's fun to watch, but at the same time you want to get in and you want to play and you want to show what you can do yourself. So I think the Ralphie Bowl is one big one big thing that we do that it really helps all the younger kids and like let them get in and get their reps in when they may not be getting it during the week in practice. So I think that it really helps and it helps build the confidence too, knowing that you can go out there and you're not, you're not just guessing, you're not just kind of just going out there hoping for the best. You go out there and you can keep practicing and practicing different things, seeing what's working, what's not working. So I think that it's definitely helping. Okay. Um, I just wanted to ask, what is it like in the locker room now after a win, after you guys have come together and produced a really 
tight, tough win. Mm -hmm. I feel like the team is, we've been tight, I feel like, since last season. After last season, we, we knew that's not what we wanted. I feel like that was, it's been hard for us this season, too. We start starting our own five, but I think the win was big for the locker room. I think it helped uh, bring more confidence to guys in the locker room. I think it helped show that we can win, that we can do this. Like, we just got to lock in, and we have to play our best football, and it's, we can beat ourselves, but that's really it. Like, if, as long as we don't beat ourselves, we can beat we can beat anybody else. So I feel like for us, it's just it, it brought in a lot of confidence for the locker room, but it helped us stay tight with each other and just keep fighting through all this. So yeah. Is there anything Coach says that sticks with you guys? Does he like have a motto or something? Um, well, every meeting we we started off and ended saying join on three, win on six. So I feel like. Knowing that we're playing, when you play football, you're supposed to have fun. It's supposed to be a joyful thing. So I feel like, obviously going on five, it's, there's nothing fun about losing like that. So I think instilling the joy back and bringing the joy and the fun back and the energy back, I think that's just a big thing that helps people like want to be here, want to play, want to have fun. Like, because football, at the end of the day, like, people play to have fun. Like, everyone that's here loves the game and plays because they love to play and they have fun while they play it. So I feel like it's just the joy that we kind of that we've been talking about as a team. It's like finding that again, how you play. All right, thanks, Jake. Cool. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Anthony, All right, questions for Anthony? Just your thoughts on the, you know, obviously Saturday was a great day. Uh, you know, a lot of things came together emotionally for you guys to get that win. Um, thoughts on how you guys take that into this week and kind of carry that through the rest of the season? Um, something that Coach Sanford's been talking about is um, focused on the process and not necessarily the outcome. And I think that's just, you know, something that we just keep focusing on and keep building on each week and every week and just keep getting better and better from there, clean it up. It seems like Coach Sanford put a, an emphasis on special teams, waving the towels and everything. Is that something you guys feed off of is just kind of his passion for Absolutely. I mean, it's contagious. Um, I mean, you could see it night and day difference as far as just everybody's energy is up. You know what I'm saying? So um, with the towel mafia thing that he implemented and just getting the sideline and the coaches going crazy, it's just a great atmosphere. It's just, you know, we all feed off of each other. How, how does that energy right now compare to, uh, to what it was maybe two, maybe two weeks ago when Coach Sanford first took over and when Mo were first experiencing that transition? Or is there even more now, you know, just coming Um, I would say as far as confidence, it's just that's just something that we've all kind of, you know, built on just through the preparation of practice. I wouldn't say necessarily there was more energy two weeks ago or I mean I guess I would say that there was more energy. Yes, absolutely. Um I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's for any particular reason other than we know what we need to get done and we know we're behind the eight ball. And we know what this team is capable of, and we have each other's backs. And we're just having fun. It's been, you know what I'm saying? Practice has been fun. We're having fun. Making football what it should be. And that's exactly how we're creating that energy, is just having fun. So some people that might sound cheesy or fun, we've heard that from a lot of people. And Sanford's doing a lot of things to kind of create some of that fun. Mm -hmm. um, how badly is that needed when you're, you guys are still young guys and, and playing football. How badly is fun needed uh, mm. to do well? It's everything, man. Um, 
you know, getting beat on for like the first five games of the season, it's hard to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. And when you can build an environment and make it fun, I mean, that's contagious. It, you know, motivates everybody to want to do their job for, you know, the person uh, to your left and to your right of you. So, I mean, I, I think it's everything. <clears throat> Anthony, there's a lot of buildup going to that Cal game, obviously Sanford becoming interim head coach in the bye week. How do you guys kind of maintain that energy since you have another game on Saturday against Oregon State? Um, like I said before, the preparation. That's, you know, at practice, we have fun at practice, and it just kind of, you know, transitions over into the game. So we have our hardest, you know, weeks and days at practice, and then the football game's meant to be fun, and that's what it's like. And more of a general question, but how do you feel like you have personally grown this season from the beginning to where you are now? Personally, um, I stopped focusing on so much as trying to make the big plays and instead of just letting the plays come to me and having fun. That's kind of basically how I'd say I've grown. Um, you got to give in order to get. And I feel like, you know, as a leader, um, you know, I've encouraged a lot of people when bad things happen. Um, to like let it go, play the next play, because I've been there. And I know what it's like to you know miss a tackle, miss an opportunity, and then let it dwell, and then it just ruins the whole game. So, you know, just putting that past you, and then just keep moving forward. <clears throat> Anything else for Anthony? All right, thank cool. you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it.